0: This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International.
1: Hi everybody and welcome to our service tonight. So the topic is, it's complicated but it doesn't have to be. So one of the things that we're going to be talking about, and I've got some guests with me and I'm going to show you just now who they are one of the topics that we're going to talk about tonight, well, the only topic, is really about evangelism. I mean, how do you evangelize during COVID-19? I mean, you're not allowed to get close. You're not allowed, it seems like, not to touch one another. How do we do this? I mean, how many of you thought of that question? It is most difficult to evangelize under these circumstances. But hey, here's some good news. It doesn't have to be complicated. So tonight. To help me unpack this, I've got a panel of people all over. So first of all, let me introduce my panel that's joining me here, live at our studio here at Christian Family Church. And first of all, we have with us Faith from Squirt. Welcome, Faith. Thank you, Pastor Johnny. Awesome. It's, such it's an good. Honor to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here with us. Uh, first time on the on the set.
2: Thank- yes, I'm so excited. That
1: like,
2: <laughs> is so good. Awesome.
1: And then we have, our, once again, our young adults representative here, <laughs> uh, Nanika Nell. So welcome, Nanika. Great Hallelujah. to have you with us.
3: Thank you, Dr. Johnny. We are very excited about the topic. Thank awesome. you for
1: having us. Are you guys excited about evangelism? Yes, I mean,
2: Absolutely. I mean, 100%. All right. I feel, especially during this pandemic, that we find ourselves in Pastor Johnny, that, um, you know, there's a generation, there's a people that... There's so much unbelief yeah. that um, if there is belief, um, it's, it's everything else except Christ. So it is so important that we as children of God um, yeah. step out there in this time where there's so much hopelessness. Yes, yeah. yes.
1: Yeah. And, and that's so true because, you know, uh, uh, apart from the fact that we have to be slightly apart from one another, then you have this this issue of hopelessness. I mean, people are feeling it. Really, the stress is entering into the home place. And people are not talking about this. But that's not our topic tonight. We're going to talk about evangelism. Hey, guys, now, here's something exciting. For all of you watching, we've got about 35 evangelists from all around... around the world, okay, around the world that is joining us, and I'm going to ask us quickly to bring those guys on the screen, and I'm going to ask our 35 evangelists to wave. I want you guys to wave and say hi to each and everybody that's watching right now. Come on, let me see you wave. Amen. Wonderful. Awesome. Wave. Keep on waving. So we want to see and make sure that you're there because you're going to be part of it. So welcome to our panel uh, tonight, uh, our two guests, uh, Faith and Annika, as well as our 35 evangelists joining us from around the globe. I just love the way it sounds that way, because that's what evangelism is all about. So folks, uh, at this time, I'm going to ask, I'm, hey, wait, I'm telling you what, what we're going to do. I'm going to challenge now our evangelists. Let's see how good they are. And I'm going to challenge you guys. We're going to open up all the microphones on the Zoom conference right now. And I'm going to ask you guys to preach for 30 seconds. I mean, as if your life depends on it. Are you guys ready? Okay. I'm going to count you down. Are you ready? Get ready. One, two, three. Let me hear you preach. I want to hear it. Come on. I'm not hearing anything yet.
4: Come on. Ah, não há dias a pouco, super power, so, that
1: is just awesome. You see, now typically, like evangelists, you can't shut them up, all right? No. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you. That is just awesome. Thank you very much. I mean, that's amazing. I'm going to give you guys another opportunity a little bit, uh, uh just now. I'll, I'll come to you with some questions, and so, uh, we're going to have a great time with that panel joining us. Isn't this amazing? amazing. So, let me ask you guys, all right, why. Is evangelism important? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach just now on on what it is that we need to know and understand about that. And then later on, Dr. Andre is going to come in and he's going to give us five pointers of what you can do during lockdown to bring and invite people to church. Amen. All right. So uh, I'm going to ask you one. Faith, let me start with you. Yes. What would you say? Why is evangelism so important?
2: Pastor Johnny, you know, as I said before, you know, in this pandemic that we find ourselves in, um, it, it aches my heart to know that if we do not evangelize, there's a whole um, a generation, a whole group of people that could miss out on eternal life. And it, heaven and hell has been made so real to me by the Holy Spirit that it's, it's, it would be unjust of me as a born-again believer with such good news to not share it.
1: What do you That's say, nanika What do you say?
2: Thank you for the
3: question, Dr. Johnny. I really believe evangelism is important because it's the heart of Jesus. The last thing Jesus said before he ascended was, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. We cannot hear that and be like, it isn't for me. I'm not an evangelist. Every believer, if you've heard about Jesus, you have to go out and you tell them because the Bible says, how will they believe if they have not heard? And how will they hear if there hasn't been a preacher? So, Eddie, right now you are commissioned as a preacher
1: in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I, can just, I can just sense the fire in there, right? Amen. Amen. So let's quickly go to our panel, and I'm going to talk to the oldest evangelist that we have here at Christian Family Church, Rodney and Dolores, okay? So I'm going to ask them to answer this question. I've got a question for them. And here's my question to you guys, Rodney and Dolores. I want to know what motivates you, you guys, both of you, okay? What motivates I mean, you guys have been in Mauritius. You lived also in Australia and all over. So what motivates you to evangelize? So come on, let me know. Is Rodney and Dolores there? All right, it doesn't seem like that. Let me ask you guys, okay? Let me ask you guys. Danica, what do you say? What motivates you to uh, to evangelize? What is the real? Uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's our mission statement, right? Yeah. It's our mission statement yeah. that we should go out and make disciples yeah. and yeah. preach the gospel to everybody. What What motivates you?
3: And Dr. John, you were speaking about the fire of God right now, right now. and it says that the Bible says that our God is consuming fire. So it's this fire that goes into your heart, and you have to share it. If you don't share it, like Jeremiah says, I am compelled to share. So it's this thing on the inside of you that you, you can't contain it because of the love of Jesus. And I really believe that when we don't share it, that's when we grow cold and hot, mm. and that's when it starts to become, to become difficult because we were always meant to spread it.
1: Amen, amen, amen. And so, Rodney and Dolores, I'm coming back to you guys, so don't go away. Get ready with your answer. I want to know what motivates you to evangelize. But before I get there, let me ask Faith. What motivates you? Come on, tell me what motivates you.
2: Pastor Johnny, I I love people. I love interacting with them, and I love how God can change lives because I've seen how he has changed lives. So, you know, in that moment of, 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 of salvation that... You know, there's so much victory within that moment. And seeing that person's life change in that moment is so rewarding. Yes. And it's because it's for the sole purpose of populating heaven and depleting hell. Yeah. Yes.
1: That's true. That's true. Now, let me ask, is Rodney and Dolores there with us? Rodney and Dolores, I want you guys to come in. Now, tell me, what motivates you guys to uh, witness and to evangelize to people? Let me hear.
5: Well... Master uh, Johnny, uh, when we think? first uh, became saved, and uh, we were so excited about uh, hearing about Jesus, and our life turned around and it was so wonderful for us, and uh, we really had a burden on our heart for the lost, and uh, that's mainly the the reason why we actually became uh, involved uh, evangelizing, you know. Uh, the pictures of men uh, for five years and uh, we visited many many lost souls and there's nothing more rewarding pastor johnny than seeing those people's lives turned around and uh, we've just continued ever since
4: We really enjoyed seeing people um, come to the lord in their lives turn around there's so many um, hearts and minds that are lost out there We really, really believe that uh, God has a plan and a purpose for each and every person. And to minister to them is your great joy. To see uh, what happens when someone accepts the Lord as their Lord and Savior and their lives actually change. We've seen it in so many people. We've seen it in the church. We've seen it in our family. And we just praise God for all the work that we can do for Him.
1: Amen. Well, thank you very much, Rod. Uh, I know you guys—you uh, would evangelize anything. If it doesn't move, you kick it until it moves, and so uh, we know you like that. I'm now going to come to Tim Madu and uh, Sibongile. I'm going to ask you guys the next question. So let me start with you, Tim. You know, we know that obviously it is the Holy Spirit that leads us and directs us uh, as to who we should minister to, and God uh, prepares a way. You know, He opens up an opportunity for us, but. Tell me, Tim, from your side, let me start with you, and then I'm going to go to Simon Simongile, is that what do you do? How do you approach people? What is it that you do? Uh, how do you buck up the courage, so to speak? You know, because that's, that's something that really people struggle with. People feel fearful, you know, not that they, uh, they're scared, but they just feel maybe they're going to be put off. But how do you approach it, Tim? So talk to, talk to us about that.
5: Thank you very much um, for this opportunity uh, to the leadership of Christian family um, church. The most important uh, part in terms of um, uh, approaching people is starts with um, spending time with God and it starts with um, uh, inviting the Holy Spirit to go before you because you cannot do it with your own uh, strength or understanding, you need the Holy Spirit to guide you to the right people. So, in our last meeting that we had on the 7th of March, that's exactly what we did. uh, The morning before we go out to to evangelize at Lakeside Mall, we requested the Holy Spirit. We invited the Holy Spirit to to guide us, to give us boldness in order to approach the people. Yes, we did get uh, rejected at some places, but the Holy Spirit was so good to us to lead us to the right people. So
1: we need to depend on the Holy Spirit for evangelizing. Thank you. Awesome. Thank awesome. you. Thank uh, you. Some, now, uh, Sibongere, tell us from your side, how do you approach people? You're a much younger adult. Uh, how do you approach people when you evangelize to them?
4: Um, good evening, family. Um, good evening, Dr. Johnny. I think with me, it's understanding the grace that I received, you know, to know that Jesus Christ died for me, who was a sinner, and to see people who do not know God. I think that's the one thing that pushes me and motivates me to go and preach and tell people about about God. Because, Pastor Johnny, um, I think, you know, with the world and everything that is happening around the world, you know... Having to know that there's COVID-19 and you have the cure for it and keep quiet and be selfish about it, then for me, it's like having a cure for a a sick and an ungodly world, knowing that Jesus is the solution, knowing Jesus is the cure for the world and to keep quiet about it. That for me is just... A way of me being selfish. So that's what motivates me, knowing that God is for me, knowing that God loves me and not only me, but everyone around me, because the Bible says in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the world is each and everyone, whether you are black, whether you are white, Indian, colored, it is everyone. That is why I cannot keep quiet about this great Jesus who is mighty to save.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Amen. I can see the evangelist right there and then. Amen. So let me ask you guys, uh, share with me um, a story or perhaps an incident that really you felt that has impacted your life uh, uh, in, in terms of witnessing. Uh, having gone out there, you know, in days gone by, one could uh, you were able to walk on the streets uh, pretty safely. Today, it's maybe a little bit different, but, but yet we have some great stories, Right. That we can share. So let me come to you, Faith, and ask you first is that uh, share with me a great story and share with our audience, share a great story that really impacted you in terms of witnessing to people.
2: Thank you, Pastor Johnny. Um, I have so many, uh, but the one that really um, stood out to me that has still um, impacted me today is that, um, you know, I have a friend, um, a good long-standing friend, and at the time um, he was not born again. Um, in fact, he renounced Christ. and he, he didn't believe that there was a Christ. Essentially, yes, he was an atheist. And day after day, I would pray every, as my routine, Pastor Johnny, I would pray every morning, say, Dear Holy Spirit, I ask that you lead me today, that you, you bring someone across my path so that I could witness to. And every day, I would find myself having a conversation with this friend. Um I prayed four years later, Pastor Johnny, hearing after hearing every single time, why you stop telling me about this Jesus. I don't want to hear about this Jesus. Um, you're wasting your time and um, you can't see him. You don't hear all of these things. And, you know, it's easy for doubt to step in. But I didn't give up, yeah. Pastor Johnny. I, I stood in prayer and I confessed um, that every, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I, and I, and I said my friend's name each and every single day. So four years later, I received a phone, a phone call and he said to me, Faith, you won't believe what just happened. And I was like, um, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. No, I, I'm sure I'll believe it. And he said, you know what, Faith? jesus came to visit me he said jesus is real do you know he's real i'm like yes yes lord Um, i do believe that he's real and um he said to me he appeared to me and he spoke about the fire that he could see in in his eyes and then at that moment because he was on his way out of the country he was ready to give up on life because everything bad was happening but jesus came and i remember saying i the way he will be saved if, if you appear to him. And Jesus was so faithful. He appeared to him. And immediately he, he told me that um, Jesus told me to turn my car around and follow him. Wow! And from that day, oh, so much joy fills my heart. And so many lives have been impacted. And I know that even if you might think that I can't impact the world. You just have to impact that one soul that you trust the God for and watch the fire spread.
1: Amen, yes. that yes. is amazing, and that's exactly how it happens, you know, yes. uh, that, that's what the Bible says, he will start, which is perceived in the world as the weakest person, yes. but that is the strongest one spiritually that can ignite the rest of the family, amen? So yes. Nandika, what about you? Tell us about a great, motivator yes. tonight, come on, we're speaking to, to, to people about evangelism this evening, and we want you to get out of your comfort zone, out of that comfortable chair, and... Um, even if this covid is going on that doesn't matter we still need to preach the gospel it is the great commission so let me ask you nanika give me tell me a story mm. motivate us amen. inspire us
3: amen pull on our
1: heart tonight okay <laughs> about something yeah. when you witnessed really there was something mm. extraordinary
3: amen I um, I actually want to bring reference to the situation that we find ourselves in our coronavirus and obviously we're not as free to move around as we usually would be and preaching the gospel like to the cashier or whatever your vibe is. Um, but I found so, so much success with the Zoom calls. Like, you know, Dr. Johnny, you joined us on a Zoom call about two weeks ago. We just saw eight celebrations on there. Of those, eight, two are now plugged into small group. Another one went on to growth track now. And the thing is, guys, is that sometimes we feel daunted. We think, we think, no, I don't want to go stand on a seat on the street side and preach uh, and preach my lungs out. But you can walk into your uh, into your job and say, you know what, Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Whatever, just. Don't be ashamed, just be like, this is my workplace, this is my colleagues, what did you do last night? Oh, okay, we went to church, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we feel like, no, it has to be this extreme, and the cashier, and I must tell this one, you can walk into your workplace and you can just tell them that Jesus loves you. Now, I have four of my colleagues on a young adult Zoom call, every Friday, they are growing, they are glowing for Jesus, they are inviting other people, they are on growth track, the church is growing, connect, discover, belong, grow, we are moving for Jesus. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay, thank you. We got it, okay? Yeah. All right, if that didn't motivate you, I don't know what. Let me just share with you guys. I just want to share a personal story from my side as well. That um, And then, Dr. Andre, I'm going to ask you. Uh, I'm going to come to you and then ask you to share us a, a, a short story as well. But, you know... Uh, 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 Apostle Theo was preaching this morning on the angels, okay, and how we can commission our angels and how angels send, brings messages to us and direct us and can interfere. They are ministering spirits, the Bible says. Now, I remember a couple of years ago, every Saturday afternoon, we would go and follow up on all the salvations from the church, all right? And I remember a lady by the name of, she's from Zambia, Margaret Lukama. I'll never forget her. Margaret and I used to go every Saturday afternoon and we would go and w- witness to various people. We arrived at this one house and the mom and the dad had twin babies. They were about one year old. And when we entered the home, they were screaming and shouting. And immediately as an as a evangelist, you're thinking in your mind, how am I going to now evangelize to this couple because these kids are just going to interfere with what God wants to do in their lives and as the mom and dad were and you could see they were they were they were flustered because the kids were unruly and I just prayed and I said to them, come on let's just pray together and we took hands and say father I thank you that as we now go and we preach this gospel to these people that the angels now encamp around us you can you see I commanded the angels to encamp around us and protect us put these babies to sleep right now, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I promise you, family, from my bottom of my heart, true story, amen, is that those two kids fell asleep within the next couple of minutes. And we were able to witness to them, and they both gave their hearts gloriously to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's typical examples of how God is working with us, how the angels is working us to protect us, not only that, but also to their ministering spirits, They're going ahead to prepare the way for us so that we can present the gospel. So even screaming babies, God is going to intervene in that situation. So Dr. Andre, let me come to you. Do you want to share a, a story, uh, something that will inspire us from your side on how God has intervened and how God has uh, just brought about a different situation uh, in, while witnessing?
0: Everybody, yeah, I um, it's one of the loves of my life is witnessing, and um, I think for the most part I depended largely on the gifts of the spirit to be able to do that. And we see this taking place throughout the ministry of Jesus. He always used the gifts of the spirit to touch people's hearts, like Nathaniel, who became
5: the who became Bartholomew, the disciple of Jesus. Nathaniel still said, Can anything good
0: come from Nazareth? And and as Nathaniel approached Jesus, Jesus said, Here is here is a man in whom there is no guile. He used the word of knowledge discern this man straight away. We know what happens. Nathaniel says, how did you know me? And he surrenders and becomes a believer in Jesus. So I've always been a firm believer in the gifts of the Spirit, utilizing those gifts and eagerly desiring those spiritual gifts. And I'll tell you a story. Something happened some years ago. Um, I was about to board a plane to go all the way to Johannesburg to go and preach for Pastor Ellen, in fact, that weekend. And um, as my wife and I got to the airport, there was a lovely young black lady standing over there that was issuing my boarding pass. And so um, as she handed me my boarding pass and I touched the boarding pass, God gave me a word of knowledge. Just like he did with Jesus concerning Nathaniel, I got a word of knowledge and I had insight into her circumstances. And so I said to this young lady, I said to her, listen, the Lord has just spoken to me concerning your life. And she looked at me kind of puzzled. She says, God speaks to you. I said, yes, the Lord has told me something. She says, well, what did God tell you? You know, she could see she was was out of it. She
1: didn't believe that I heard from the Lord. And I said to her, her, um, her
0: her name was Grace. I said to her, Grace, the Lord has told me that you're contemplating marriage right now, that you've received a marriage proposal and you are considering whether or whether not to get married. And she began to weep. Tears began to fall down her cheeks. And she said to me, how could you possibly know that? How could you possibly know that? And I said to her, I said, because grace Jesus is alive. And the reason he's telling me this to tell you is because he wants to give you guidance. And here is the Lord's advice. I said to her, the Lord is telling you not to accept this marriage proposal. And then she really began to bawl and school and cry. And she says, I'm so fearful. I've been so anxious about it. And I told her, I said, the Lord has told me why, because if you marry this man, he is going to beat you. He's going to become physically abusive, and your life will be a disaster. And she was so grateful. She was so thankful. I led her to Jesus right then and there. You know, I say the gifts are a shortcut into someone's life, because it demonstrates the resurrected Jesus. When God gives you something for someone that no one else could possibly know, all their doubt Flies right out the window, Pastor Johnny. You don't have to spend a whole hundred and thirty-eight-point fishes a man presentation trying to convince them. Jesus becomes alive in that moment. And so my encouragement to everybody, the Bible says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. I've always been a great preacher, but it's his gifts. Our opportunity creates their salvation. So and I've got many stories to tell, but that's just one of them. Thank you for asking.
1: Awesome. awesome! Awesome! Thank awesome. you, Doctor. Thank you. Dr. Andre, yes. Dr. Andre, yes. I remember. I, re- I, want to, I want to share something with you guys that really is extraordinary as well. Years ago, we used to have a of men in our church called Isaac Besta. Maybe he's watching today, and he's been really influential in my life and the way that I minister to people and lead people to Christ. But he shares the story where he went to blocks of flats in Berea. Uh, those are the days when you could still walk around, I think, Berea. Today might not be such a good idea. But in those days, he, would, he was able to walk around. And you know, there's some huge uh, flat buildings there, 10, 15, 20 stories. And he tells a story that God led him and said to him, I want you to knock on the doors and I want you to minister to the people. And he started to knock on the first door and the second and the third. And each and every time he received a no, not interested, move on, get away from me. Now, as you went past the first flight of uh, 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 doors or first uh, uh, range of doors, it went to the second floor, the third floor, the fourth floor. Now, you can imagine, let's just say there's 10 apartments on every floor. After 40 doors and saying no, I think most of us would say, I think that's a sign. <laughs> that's a sign that God doesn't want me to minister in this area. But Isaac didn't give up. And he went and he continued up to the 10th story, up to the 15th story, up to the 20th story. And as he got to the top story, he thought, Lord, really? 19 stories, 19 times 10 knows this whole evening so far. And it was late in the evening. And eventually he came to the last door. He knocked on the door and he thought there was no one there. And he was about to leave. Now listen to this. And the door opened. He went in and he smelled something like rotten meat in this apartment he had to put his handkerchief in front of his face and he asked the lady he said listen i believe god wants me just to minister you today and she asked him but i cannot but help notice that you covering your face is there something wrong and she and he said he couldn't hide it. he says there's something rotten in this place and she said you know what i've just been for mastectomy and they botched the operation and now I'm suffering with the consequences of that. And what you're smelling is the rotten meat on my body. And Isaac said to her, Jesus, just like Dr. Andre said, he leaned into the Holy Spirit there. And the Lord gave him a word of wisdom and, and a word of faith. And he was able then to say to her, if I pray for you, God will heal you. She was a Jewish woman. He prayed for her. Immediately nothing happened. He left her. She asked him, from which church are you from? He explained, I'm from Christian family church. In those days, we're still in Elensfontein. And, and he thought nothing of it. A day or two later went by, and he received a telephone call. He couldn't take it. And, and a couple of days later, this lady was at the church premises looking for him. And he, by some miracle, God is not, it's not coincidence, God orchestrated that way. He met her on site. And she said, and she was crying and weeping, and he said, I remember you. I prayed for you. And she said, you will not believe what happened. And almost as if to lift up her blouse and say, look, my skin has been renewed. All the rotten flesh has been taken away, and even so much so that my breasts in one week is starting to regenerate. Now, isn't that just an amazing miracle? Family, how many of us would give up after the second Second story, the third story, the 15th story of of that building. Maybe we'll say after one, no, no, this is not for me. And so tonight, I want to encourage you that you need to keep on evangelizing. Even if you get 190 no's, know that God has called you perhaps just for that one. And is looking at your faithfulness. You know, as you process the no's, I believe that the anointing increases on your life because God has definitely got something in place for you. So tonight, allow me to share with you, and then I'm going to ask Dr. Andre to share with us five ways how we can invite people to the church during the lockdown. Let me just quickly talk to each and every one of you. Are you guys receiving this? I want you to get your Bible out right now, because I'm going to give you some scriptures, and we're going to be talking about these things. And let me just get my phone ready here. I'm going to be talking from these notes here. And if this is ministering to you, then I want you to take some notes uh, uh, as we go on. So let me just find my quick my notes here. There we go. And so family, tonight, let me talk to you about five things that is important when witnessing. The first thing is, like Faith said it this evening, is that grace. You have to understand the grace of God. I love making the statement, which sounds provocative. But it is not sin that will send you to hell. It is you not receiving what Christ has done for you. On the cross and in hell that will send you to hell so in other words the first point that you need to know and understand is that God's grace is there for you and because of that heaven is a free gift heaven is a free gift the Bible says look at the scripture in Romans 6 verse 23 it says for the wages of sin is death so in other words all of us we are sinners so therefore our wages is death but it goes on to say Praise the Lord for that. But the gift or the free gift of God is eternal life. So he knows the punishment for us is really death. But because he came, paid the price, we receive grace, God's grace, and he gives us the free gift of life, which is eternal life. The second thing is that you cannot earn or deserve grace. There's nothing that you can do to earn or deserve grace. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2 and verse 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved. Not of your own good things that you're trying to do, but by God's mercy and grace. Amen, family? So it's grace. The first step is it's God's grace. There's nothing that you can do to earn or deserve it. And secondly, heaven is your free isn't that amazing? Now, here's the second thing that's important. Let's talk about us as people, man, woman. First thing that you need to know, we are sinners. We are sinners. There's no one righteous. And the Bible says in Romans 3:23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So there's no one that is righteous. And secondly, where that is, you cannot save yourself. You can't say, but today I'm deciding. Pastor Johnny, today is a good day. I think today I'm going to save myself. I'm I'm deciding. I'm not, not God. I'm deciding. Not the grace of God. I'm deciding. I'm going to get. It doesn't happen, friend. You cannot save yourself. Look what the Bible says here in Proverbs 14 verse 12. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Amen? You might think, no, if I do this or I do that. You see, you're trying to do works, and it's by grace. It's by God's grace. You see, you think your life is perfect, but there is a speck of dirt or contamination in your life that makes you imperfect. And so you will never qualify by yourself. It can only be by the grace of God. So now we see, first of all, I need God's grace unmerited favor secondly i'm a sinner and i cannot save myself thirdly we need to understand who god is and let me let me give it to you this first of all you need to know that god is merciful and does not want to punish us contrary to popular belief you know folks that people think that god is just waiting to punish us all the time he's mean he's a mean god that's not the the god i know but god is also just family and he must punish sin. It's like somebody that comes before a judge. And let's say you were speeding too much. Then because you broke the laws of the land, the judge has to pass a sentence and say, because you transgressed the speed limit of the country, there's a fine of, say, a thousand rand or whatever the case may be. He can't say, hey, well, I like you and I can see that you didn't really mean it to drive fast. Therefore, I'm not going to punish you. He has to because he's the judge. In actual fact, a good judge would do that. A bad judge or a corrupt judge would try and sweep it under the carpet. God is a good God, but God is also a just person or a just judge. And therefore, he has to punish sin. Which brings me now to the big dilemma that we have, grace. Okay, first of all, we are sinners, and God has to punish sin. So how are we going to do that? Just based on those three things, we are in big trouble. But praise God for what... He sent to the earth, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. And he sent Christ to be our substitute, to save us from going to hell. That's why it's called salvation or being saved. Because you've been saved from going to pay for your own sins. You can't pay for it. You need something perfect. And God sent his own son. He left his heavenly powers in heaven, Jesus. And he came down to the earth as a man. The Bible says he never sinned. So therefore he was the perfect sacrifice. And it says here in the Bible, in John 1, verse 1 and verse 14, and let me read it to you. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So here we can see Jesus came, He became flesh And He is the Word. He is God. He is the eternal God-man. He's not 50% God and 50% man. He is the eternal God-man. He's 100% God, 100% man. But when He walked on the earth, He was a man, 100% man, because He must be able to relate to what we are going through. And that's exactly what Jesus did. What did He do? He went to the cross, died for our sins, went to hell and suffered in hell and on the third day listen to this this is amazing on the third day the father said because it's been paid for jesus paid the price because he took our suffering we are now justified and he sent the holy spirit to raise him to life again and to bring him out of that situation because of our justification isn't it amazing So because Jesus was raised, the firstborn from the dead, we are justified. And it is therefore no longer our sin that sends us to hell, but us rejecting what Christ, and that is the great message, that Christ has taken our place. We don't have to try and work it out. We don't have to try and save ourselves. We have to just receive what Christ has done for us. So the question is really, how do I do this? How do I do this? I have to receive it by Faith. Faith, I have to receive it by faith. Amen. I have to receive it by faith. One of the things I have to do is I have to transfer my trust from what I used to believe in, my ways. I can do this. No. I've got to transfer my trust into Him. I've got to, I've got to like I'm sitting in this chair, I've got to, I've got to put my trust in Jesus Christ. And I must know that He will be able to support me. You will hold me up. You will be able to carry me and I'm not going to trust in my own self, but I'm now going to trust in Jesus Christ to take me on this journey. Isn't that amazing? And then lastly, it says here, because he is the key to heaven. He is the key. There are many keys that opens the door. I mean, you've got a key that opens your house. You've got a key that starts your car. All right. In the same way, there's a key to heaven and that is receiving Christ and receiving it by faith. That is the key to receiving salvation and everlasting life in Christ. Amen? So family, that is what I wanted to share with you tonight. We must continue to preach the gospel. It's grace, God's grace. But we are sinners. But God And God has to punish sin. But he sent Jesus to pay the price for us. And how do we receive this wonderful free gift of eternal life? We receive it by faith. What Christ has done for us. On the cross amen so here's what i want to talk to you about and i'm going to now ask uh, uh dr andre to talk us through five ways how we can witness to people and how we can bring people and and, and get them born again and saved. so dr andre over to you share with us five things that people can do as a next steps uh in their in their road on evangelism
0: I think that you've just dealt so perfectly with the message. What is the message we carry? And that is it's salvation by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's the message. I would like to spend some time talking about the messenger. Um, like you said, what are the five steps we can take? As me- It doesn't help you've got the message in your heart, but the messenger doesn't deliver the message. So let's take a look at that for a moment. And I would like to just reference a scripture Pastor Theo mentioned This morning um, that I thought was so apt. And for those of you who didn't watch Pastor Theo's message this morning, I really would encourage you to go go and listen to it. It was on angels. But he made this, he he, he read the scripture and it it really struck a chord with me. It's found in Luke chapter 12. And I'm going to use the scripture just to set us up for these five simple steps or simple principles you can apply in order to impact people with the message that you have in your heart. It says in Luke 12, verses 8 and 9 and 11 and 12. It says, I tell you, Jesus speaking... Whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. And whoever disowns me will be disowned before the angels of God. Verse 11. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. But what I found interesting, Pastor Johnny this morning Apostles here's teachings, is that it's clear that as we become effective witnesses for Christ, somehow that activates the angelic aspect of salvation in our lives and the angels working for us. There clearly is an acknowledgement of Jesus before the angels if we witness and there is a, uh, and a disowning of us before the angels when we don't witness. So this really is each and every one of our responsibilities. So as a backdrop. Um, And let me say this, we are all called to evangelize. Romans chapter 1, Paul challenges us with this and he says, you're called to the Jews and the Gentiles. More specifically, we're not only called to win those people that don't believe anything. We're also called to win those people that don't believe the right things. That's the gospel we have in our hearts. so We have a responsibility. So here's five easy ways that you can share your faith first one is, and um, I'll make these notes available to everybody um, on the link, Clive will get them to you, I don't exactly know how, but we'll get these notes to you, okay, five easy ways, the first way is to become intentional, become intentional in your witness, Pastor Greg and Paul Sayers will love this illustration, you know, when they go shooting every Friday, the first thing they do when they get in there is they put a target to the back of the wall. Nobody enjoys shooting when there's no target around and just randomly firing off their gun because they want to see if they hit their mark. So when I talk about being intentional, I want to say to you today that are watching the stream, who's your target? Not in terms of taking someone out, but in terms of witnessing to somebody. I mean, think about what Jesus said in Luke 19 verse 10. He said, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. That word seek denotes paying attention to your surroundings, looking for those who need Christ. And I want to challenge you with that tonight as we become intentional in order to impact the lives around us. Who are you seeking after? Now, I know this isn't easy, folks. I know it isn't easy, especially when life gets difficult, we become distracted. And the last thing we feel like doing is caring for those around us when we're just trying to care ourselves i appreciate that in actual fact you know some of the greatest heroes and leaders in the bible were extremely reluctant to be witnesses i mean take moses for example when the lord called him, he said no 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 he didn't say no once he said no a few times but thank god for by his grace moses walked out the victory that god had called him to and he led three million people think about jonah I mean, Jonah was called to go and evangelize. He didn't just say no. He tried to run away. How many of you find that you feel like that sometimes? The Lord's saying, listen, there's your target. That's the guy you should be witnessing to. Pray and trust me to be an effective witness. And you want to get on the first ship at Tarshish, and you want to go in the opposite direction. So the Bible is filled with people that were reluctant. But through the grace of God, they lived out their destiny, and their call. So that's the first point. Let us become intentional. Let's set a target. Let's trust God for somebody we can reach and then slowly start trusting the Lord and believing for an opportunity. What do we do once we've picked our target? Well, that brings me to point number two. You can simply begin to minister to that person by encouraging them by what God has done for you in your own personal life. Listen, do you want to know why you face hard times? Why we as believers face hard times? So that we can qualify ourselves to speak to those who are in hard times. Think about it. It's not by accident that Moses was sent to the wilderness for 40 years. He went there for 40 years because he was about to lead people in that wilderness for 40 years. And I know
5: Moses picked up a few tips in the wilderness.
0: You know what you're picking up in your desert experiences? You are picking up the promises of God, family. So once you've identified your target, begin to share with that person the things that God has brought you through. And that is one of the most powerful ways of being able to reach people. I was so encouraged by what Nanika said earlier on. Using Zoom as a platform to reach out and witness to people. Listen, right now, um, social media is all we've got. And we can use it effectively if we're going going to become intentional. So number one, be intentional. Number two, encourage people with what encourage people with what God has done for you in your life. Then the third one is this invite someone to a special church event. Now, now this is very important. In Luke chapter 14, we read about the parable of the banquet. Jesus sets the banquet and he says listen, go and invite the people to come and join the party. Can you see? Jesus used an event as an opportunity to bring people to the knowledge of Him. Now, as a church, we're not having church meetings. I understand that. But we are having events. I mean, coming the 8th of July, Pastor Greg and the groups are going to be doing the marriage enrichment over Zoom. And there's so many other opportunities. Our church church services are on Zoom. I'm constantly inviting people to and enjoy these events with us. But the principle is this, that you have to invite them or they're not going to come. Jesus didn't put an LCD screen out and get fireworks and say, listen, when people see the fireworks here, they're just going to come. He didn't. He sent the people who knew him out to go and fetch those who didn't. He sent those who knew him to go out and fetch the people that didn't. We have a responsibility to go and invite them. And as a church, we're putting on so many events on social media. Find out what they are. Build up the courage and go out there and invite someone and say, listen, man, just come and join us. If you invite them, Jesus will save them. Simple principle. Okay, so here is the fourth one. And that is that you need to start living out, or we need to start living out our faith. Listen to this carefully. Faith people are always positive people. If you want to know, Pastor Andre, how do I live out my faith? In the world that we currently find ourselves in, in this COVID world, one of the best ways you can be a witness for Jesus is by simply remaining positive. And if you get up in the morning and you're feeling down, go pray and spend some time with the Lord until you're positive. Hey, listen, the worst worst things get, the easier it is to share your faith. The darker the night is, the brighter the stars are. So, faith people are always positive people. Faith sleeps in the storms of life. And we're either doing, as believers in God, we're either doing one of two things. Either we're in the storm fretting like the disciples on the boat, and it's interesting to note that none of them could encourage one another. But they went to the one who wasn't stressing, and that was Jesus. I feel compelled to say this to you folks as I look at this fourth principle and live by faith. If you want to do anything right now that can impact the people around you, determine that just like Jesus, you are going to be in faith in the
5: storm. That you're going to be optimistic. That you're going to be encouraging. That you're going to bless those
0: people around you, knowing that the darker it gets, the brighter your light shines. And then finally, the fifth point, the fifth thing that you can do to be an effective witness for Jesus and draw them in, draw them to Christ, is that we need to we need to continually be arming ourselves with the Word. Now I know that's kind of a default setting how do we fix life? Read the Word. How do we pray? Read the Word. How do we want songs? Read the Word. I, I appreciate that, but, but listen to it from this perspective. From now on, every time you go to read the Word, you must be aware of two factors. Number one, you are feeding yourself. But number two, you are also preparing yourself to feed someone else. It changes the way you read Bible. You rejoice by the scripture that God has given you. He's pulled you out. But the Lord hasn't just given it to you for yourself. He's given it to you to give to someone else. Think about this. In Matthew chapter 10, we hear that we read the story about Zacchaeus. Okay? Jesus' concluding statement and instruction to Zacchaeus was this. Freely you have received, now freely. Every morning during your quiet time, I want these words to resonate with you. And I want you to hear the Lord saying to you, Jackie, freely you have received this word of faith, this promise of provision, this promise of blessing, this promise of healing. Now I want you to take this promise and I want you to be prepared to share it with someone today. Freely you have received, freely give.